Thank you for listening to the Park Church Podcast. I hope you enjoy the sermon. But, um, you'll find a Bible beside you, so um, you won't need to journey far. Let's read together um, God's Word. We hear and rightly, we, we listen to the news and, and everything else. And uh, my wife sitting up there will tell you that she, she knows I, I like listening to the news. Um, but we can be overwhelmed by it, and indeed in some ways it causes and would create a spirit of fear. Um, and so it's so vital that in these days we hear God's word, the word that speaks to the storm and commands and says, peace, be still. Psalm 135, Psalm 135. The Psalms have been a source of great comfort and encouragement to God's people down through the ages because they were written by people, um, David or others, um, and, and um, they were written by David or others who were going through times of crises in their lives. And so that's why they speak so powerfully to us. Let's hear God's word and let's read it together. Psalm 135. Praise the Lord, which of course in Hebrew means hallelujah. So let's hear a hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless you. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise him, you servants of the Lord, you who minister in the house of the Lord and the courts of the house of our God. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing praise to his name, for that is pleasant. For the Lord has chosen Jacob to be his own, Israel to be his treasured possession. I know that the Lord is great, that our Lord is greater than all gods. The Lord does whatever pleases him in the heavens and on the earth, in the seas and all their depths. He makes clouds rise from the ends of the earth. He sends lightning with the rain and brings out the wind from his storehouses. He struck down the firstborn of Egypt the firstborn of people and animals. He sent his signs and wonders into your midst, Egypt, against Pharaoh and all his servants. He struck down many nations and killed mighty kings, Shion, king of the Amorites, all king of Bashan, and all the kings of Canaan. And he gave their land as an inheritance, an inheritance to his people, Israel. Your name, Lord, endures forever. You renowned, Lord, through all generations. For the Lord will vindicate his people and have compassion on his servants. The idols of the nations are silver and gold, made by human hands. They have mouths, but cannot speak. Eyes, but cannot see. They have ears, but cannot hear. Nor is there breath in their mouths. Those who make them will be like them, and so will all who trust in them. All you Israelites, praise the Lord. House of Aaron, praise the Lord. House of Levi, praise the Lord. You who fear him, praise the Lord. Praise be to the Lord from Zion, to him who dwells in Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. And all the clatter and sound of our world at this time. We would heed the call of the psalmist to be still and to know that you are God. And so speak, Lord, in the stillness. 
while we wait on you. Hush our hearts to listen in expectancy. For Jesus' sake. Amen. On the 6th of February, 1832, a royal proclamation was made by King William IV, Queen Victoria's uncle. I think it was uncle or a great uncle. It was a relative anyway. And handbills were produced and they were posted up in the public squares and towns. They were read out by the, 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 the local yeomen as they, as they gathered at the, the town squares. And they were sent out as widely as possible throughout the land. And part of the royal proclamation issued in the name of the king said this. A public day of fasting and humiliation should be observed throughout these parts of the United Kingdom so that we and our people may humble themselves before Almighty God in order to obtain pardon of our sins and in the most devout and solemn manner send up our prayers and supplications to the Divine Majesty for averting these heavy judgments which our manifold provocations have most justly deserved and in particular beseeching God to remove from us that grievous disease with which several places in the kingdom are at this time visited. And underneath it was God save the king. King William IV was actually not known for being a particularly pious man. He was a bit of a character and a cad. But in that day and at that time where it was thought cholera was spreading throughout the land, a disease that killed many thousands of people, although as my wife found out just the other day, Bothwell and others was actually spared from it when it swept through the land. It seemed to bypass this green and pleasant place and move on to Hamilton. Um, but nonetheless, um, a public call to prayer was made by the king. And the church today has called people to gather in prayer, although large parts of the church, understandably so, think that should be done in private and in home. But whether you're at home listening to this on the internet or whether you're here this morning, this call to prayer, this call to reckon with God, this call to come before Him at a time when, as it says, um, grievous diseases are in various places within this kingdom and indeed within this world, that call is still pertinent today as it was in 1832. And the psalm that I just read just a minute or two ago is a call to prayer. It's an invitation to God's people to come before Him in all the changing scenes and circumstances of life. It first of all calls us to praise God, to rejoice, to rejoice in who He is in His name. Hail His name. Praise the Lord. And it's vital as God's people, wherever we are and whatever our circumstances are today and in these coming days, that above everything else, we recognize afresh, perhaps, in a you and deeper way, that our hope is in the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, the one who spoke and brought everything into being, the one who spoke and, and brought forth the light and the sea and the land and the animals and made us in his image. We live in a day where the vast majority of people have little time for God, although I have been deeply encouraged over these past days, as no Karen has, and perhaps some of you have, in conversations with folks in the shops and within this community of Uddingston, that people have spoken, and they've been pleased to hear, for instance, that as a church, we're open for prayer. 
One of the girls in one of the local shops was just saying the other day she was not particularly religious, but it gave her comfort to know that there were people who were praying. She's now been given a copy of Luke's gospel to read and to find out more about the good use of that God. We praise the Lord. We who minister in the house of the Lord, either literally or in our hearts or in our home, we praise Him because of who He is. The psalmist says, the Lord has chosen Jacob to be His own, Israel to be His treasured possession. I know that the Lord is great, and the Lord is greater than all the gods. The Lord does whatever pleases Him in the heavens and on the earth, in the seas and all their depths. He makes clouds rise from the ends of the earth. He sends lightning with the rain and brings out the wind from His storehouses. There is a God in heaven who knows what is happening, happening in our lives, but also in our world. His knowledge is infinite. All time is caught him in the majesty, caught up in the majesty of his being. Nothing ha- catches him out and finds him scurrying about in his version of Tesco's to get the messages in just in case. He is the one who in sublime, sublime majesty overall also knows the infinite cries and needs of his treasured possession, his people. He's the one, we're told, who rises up and casts down the rulers of the nations. And when this psalm was written, people would well know of the stories of mighty Egypt of the all-powerful pharaohs, of the kings of the Ammonites and the Bashans, those symbols of human pride and power we go today. Remember, years ago we visited Egypt, and we see the ruins of these great empires. And they were to rule and reign seemingly forever. They come and they go. But the word of the Lord endures forever. And his dealing in history, and his dealings in creation, reveal just what a big God we have. And he does that, the psalm tells us, supremely, yes, for his glory, but also for his people. Notice what it says, the Lord has chosen Jacob to be his own, his own, his, to be his own Israel to be his treasured possession. He gives their lands as an inheritance, an inheritance to his people Israel. Verse 14, the Lord will vindicate his people and have compassion on his servants. He has a delight in those who are his. With all that's happening, many, many people within our society will really question who they are. Even I, as a minister of this church, this has been, in many ways, my business for the last 21 years, and we're going through a time, and, and who knows what's going to happen and how things are going to work out. People are laid off their work. On this mothering Sunday, people can't go and visit their family. People are staying at home. I was speaking to some on the phone. I've been on the phone more the last couple of days than for a while, talking to folks, and, and, and their lives are shrinking down. People are used to going out, spending money, and being entertained, and doing all sorts of things, and that's been taken away. There's going to be a real identity crisis. Who am I? Why am I here? Do I really matter? What is the point and significance of life? Deep, deep questions are and will be asked of people over these coming days. My friend, if you're a child of God this morning, you are his treasured possession. You're held in the hollow of his hand. He delights to give you inheritance, no longer the land of Egypt, but the hope of glory Christ in you. 
he's promised never to leave you and forsake you. Not even death can separate you from his love in Christ Jesus. That is who you are in Christ. And that is what you can be. Even when everything else is stripped from us. And we're self-isolating. We can never self-isolate from the reality of the God who in Christ is Emmanuel. God with us. But he also reminds us, and this is a word certainly to our world, is it not, that the idols of the nations are silver and gold made by human hands. They have mouths but cannot speak, eyes but cannot see. They have ears but cannot hear, nor there is breath in their mouths. Those who make them will be like them, and so will all who trust in them. Particularly here in the West, we have fashioned our own gods. Oh, not like the gods of the ancient world. Not literally things of gold, standing statues or totem poles that we bow down to. But in our culture, and over many years, we have bowed down to the God of Mammon. We have built the cathedrals of these large shopping centers that are now going to be empty and desolate to praise the God who gives us what we want and the price that we want it at. So many of the things that we think are here and permanent and lasting cannot change or been taken from us. Even many who are not particularly religious are speaking of that and recognizing that. Things are turning to dust. That which seemed to bind our society together is, is melting away. There are real social issues underneath it all. Things that we thought were God have been proved pointless and powerless in the face of a little virus. And that is all meant so that we recognize and we bear witness to the fact that our hope again is in the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And how in our prayers we need to ask that God would open eyes, eyes to see the bankruptcy of so much that we in the West have held on to as being the means of life. We have forgotten the, that man or woman does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And the day of testing, so much of what we have put our trust in will be burnt up and will be left with nothing. And so as we conclude, the psalmist invites all of God's people Notice what he says, the Israelites, the house of Aaron, Levi, everything else. A good reminder that we're not alone. As we gather here, there'll be people up and down our land, at home, watching online, in gatherings like this. People throughout the world, we've been in contact with our missionary partners, Fabri and Elaine, who live just outside of Verona in Italy. Others who are serving God in Spain and in South America and in other parts of the world. We are joined by the Spirit of God in that one church of Jesus Christ, that glorious church that God is refining and renewing like a bride will appear before Him on that day when Jesus comes in glory and in power. We are part of that people. We're not isolated from each other, though maybe this morning we're having to sit scattered through this building. We are bound together, one church, one faith, one Lord. As we worship the one who dwells, not in the earthly city of Jerusalem, but in the new Jerusalem, and who at the last will bring his people to a situation where there is no more crying, no more tears, no more fear, no more sorrow. 
for God will dwell with his people. And the sun of righteousness will burn with purity and with love. And there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. Zion for eternity. We need to hear God's word. We need to recognize afresh, and you do this morning, you wouldn't have ventured out to be here, how good God is. That needs to be our witness in these coming days. Point to people graciously. Listen, and you'll find that there is a seeking and searching. We need to remember that he's the one that's sovereign through history and in creation. Things come and go, but the word of the Lord endures forever. His name endures forever. A God who delights in his people. We are treasured and valued by him. He loves you. And how do we know that? Because he gave his son, Jesus Christ, that redeemer for us. Do not put your hope in princes or in things that we have made, but put your hope in the Lord, the God, the one who in Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's pray together. God, our Father, we do cry out to you this morning. We hear that call, that invitation to recognize who you are, to acknowledge you as God. And so we do that. We have to say sorry. Sometimes we have allowed other voices, other things to distract our attention. We have bowed down in our hearts to other deities that we have offered the worship of our lives to, and we say sorry. As a nation, we have done that. And we plead for your mercy and ask that through these days, by your Holy Spirit, you will open eyes to see and hearts and minds to hear that there is one who stands and who endures through all generations, one whose name is more precious than, other, than all other names. For there is only the name of Jesus under heaven or upon earth by which men and women might be saved. Come, O Holy Spirit, and stir the hearts of people. Come, O Holy Spirit, and strengthen your people in these days to speak for you. And come, O Holy Spirit, and like the very breath of God that moved over the waters at the dawn of time and settled the chaos and brought forth order, so come amongst this nation and the nations of our world. Be with those who govern us. Grant them wisdom and clarity of thought and mind in the midst of all the demands that are laid upon them. Be with those who are on the front line of care in the medical services. Strengthen them and again provide for them all the necessary equipment and clothing that they need. And the wisdom again to know how best to deal with those who are particularly ill. Be with those within our own community who are struggling with ill health at this time. Some because they have a virus, some because they perhaps fear they have a virus. Maybe a cold or something else, but they're filled with fear. God of peace, and God of all knowledge. Draw near to those who are anxious. Speak your word of hope. Pierce the gloom. May your light shine. And in the quietness now, we mention particularly personal situations, circumstances we are aware of, 
and we bring them to you, O God, our Lord and our King. And we sum up all our prayers in the words of that family prayer that you have given us to say, saying, Our Father, art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Park Church Podcast. I hope you enjoy the sermon.